Hi, I'm Mark Rennick. This is Victory Over Sin. Saturday afternoon to you. This is Victory Over Center. My name is Mark Rennick. So happy that you're here on this beautiful Saturday afternoon in the Treasure Valley. It's not going to be like this forever, man. Fall is coming and it's going to get colder. But we are blessed this weekend. This is the part of the show in which we explain to you what Victory Over Sin and who funds us. We are actually funded by Systemic Change of Idaho. And Systemic Change of Idaho is an advocacy organization, arm, if you will, of the Southwest Council for St. Vincent de Paul here in the Treasure Valley. And what we do, what we attempt to do, is to educate the Idahoan about what it's like to be on parole and to come out of the system. We do that in several different ways. We do this on this radio show, and we've got almost two years' worth of shows in the back of the archives. You can go back to KBXL. And look in the archives and check out those shows. You can also go to Systemic Change of Idaho and look up there and find uh, our old shows there. Take a look at all sorts of people who have been in the system, who are working in the system, and check that out. Uh, we've got major players from the deputy, from the wardens of the prisons to the head of the prison. We've got advocates who work with us on the outside. We've got people who have been in the system and who are succeeding. We even have people who have been in the system who actually aren't doing well. So it's a real eclectic kind of group of, of guests. We're going to have one of those guests here in a minute. Uh, in addition to that, we also have a PowerPoint that we put out that is available to anybody who would like to have it. It's a very powerful PowerPoint. It lasts about 20 minutes. It is delivered by a returning citizen themselves. And what they do is come out to your group, your church, your business place, and they show that PowerPoint, and they kind of stand a little prouder because they're returning citizens themselves, and they address the, the issues that affect those of us who have been incarcerated. And that meant to be an educational thing for you. At the end of the show, I'm going to tell you how to reach me if you need some information about any or all of this, and we'll get you involved in that. It's an interesting story to how systemic change became uh, come to being, if you will. About six and a half years ago or so now, there was a conference from St. Vincent de Paul that addressed the needs of people who are coming out of incarceration and deals only with people who are coming out of incarceration. So we look for people in that group that have been released within the last 90 days, and they call St. Vincent de Paul, and then we come out and visit them, and we offer them help with rent, with uh, support for transportation, bicycles, bus passes, etc. And that got so successful that it got the attention of St. Vincent de Paul on a national level. We got a visit from a couple people who came out and spent some time with us. And basically they said to me, hey, listen, if we gave you some extra money, what would you do with it? And that was the beginnings of St. Vincent de Paul. One of the things that that gentleman said was, I'll give you this money, Mark, but you need to go to Chicago and hang out with this guy that we're going to talk to in just a minute. And so we'll take a break, and we'll be right back to talk to our guest. The United States has the highest percentage of its population in prison in the world. That's one in 200 Americans are currently serving time in a federal or local prison. As of May 2017, Idaho has 8,223 men and women incarcerated and another 17,201 on probation and parole. So upon release from prison, who works with these individuals and families to help them transition back into our community? This is done by what we call Returning Citizens Resources 
resources and coffee shop. We offer them a cup of coffee and some resources and information to help get them on solid footing with their faith, their recovery, and to begin their new life as our neighbor. It's designed for the offender's first stop from the institution. If you'd like to help us help them, please contact Mark Rennick at 629-8861. That's area code 208-629-8861. And if you're out in the desert needing any help for your transition, we pay for that call. It is an honor to have my friend Ronald Simpson Bay here from Just Leadership USA. Welcome, Ronald. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is kind of cool. This is big for me. Mr. St- uh, Ronald's here f- to do uh, a program for us that is happening tonight, at, uh, or it's happened last night, I guess. You say we're taping this on Friday, so it happened last night at for St. Vincent de Paul. And he's here to address all sorts of people and get them excited about reentry. Tell us about yourself, Mr. Simpson, and what you do and where you're from. Well, good afternoon. Thanks for having me, Mark. Yeah, no problem. Uh, my name is Ronald Simpson Bay. I am the re- director of outreach and alumni engagement for Just Leadership USA, which is a national advocacy organization based in New York City, committed to cutting the national prison population in half by 2030. And we seek to do that through our advocacy work and through our leadership development training. Me personally, I'm, I live in Detroit, Michigan. I served 27 years in the Michigan Department of Corrections on a wrongful conviction. I went to prison in 1985. My conviction was overturned in 2012. And during my time in prison, I saw the injustices that went on and the inhumanity that went on in prison. So I became an advocate. It became my life work. And when I got out of prison in 2012, I continued that journey to advocate for those that's incarcerated and to make uh, conditions better for them once they got out. Yeah, and when I, what I alluded to earlier, when our little group got successful, one of the things they said was, I want you to do two things, and one of them was to go to Chicago mm-hmm. and hang out on what we called an Emerging Leaders Workshop. That's mm-hmm. been almost two years ago. Mm-hmm. Three years ago. It's been almost three years ago. Yes. And um, so I did that. I went back and I met Ronald for the first time, and that's a powerful event for those of us who have been incarcerated to spend a day with uh, brothers and sisters, if you will, that have been incarcerated, to be in a room with all of us together talking about using our skills as leaders to, to effect change. And so that's where Ronald and I met. That's a powerful group. They're still doing that across the nation next year, too, right? Absolutely. Just Leadership, we run, uh, part of our work is our leadership development program, which I alluded to and Mark just mentioned. We have two two leadership training programs. One is called Emerging Leaders, which is a day-long training event that we do around the country. We do between four and six a year, and we do the different locations around the country. We have our year-long program based out of New York City called Leading with Conviction, which is a little bit higher level, uh, training level for people that's a little bit more skilled in doing advocacy work. Right, and I think um, if you're listening to me on Saturday, uh, if you're interested in applying for that year-long um, situation, you need to get on the web right now to Just Leadership USA because the application for that closes tomorrow. And so that would be something that I would encourage you to do. I was blessed, fortunate enough to be in the fourth class, and uh, we're looking for somebody from Idaho to go next year. So uh, if seriously, if you're listening to this, go to Just Leadership like right now and fill out the application Absolutely. because it's due tomorrow. Absolutely. Um, tell me a little bit about your background before you were incarcerated. You're from Michigan, and t- yeah. tell me a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah, I'm from, I'm from I live in Detroit. I'm originally from Flint, Michigan, actually. I was an auto worker. I was a tool and die maker for General Motors for 10 years before I went to prison. Uh, I was a track star in high school. I went to college on a track scholarship, and, and I had a pretty you know wholesome life. But, you know, I, I had a tragic life. Like I was telling you earlier, my mom shot and killed my dad in 1980. Mm -hmm. And while I was incarcerated, my only son, who was 21, was shot and killed by a 14-year-old juvenile. 
And so it's been it's been challenging. But, you know, my faith in the Lord and the work that I do is, is, is inspiring for me to do this work. And I would have no other way. Well, I think the thing that uh, always struck me from Chicago and and then, I, of course, I've been back several times this year to work with him and the, and the ongoing leadership situation is he always has this absolute powerful outlook. He's good looking and he's always got taking pictures <laughs> on media about what he eats. And he just goes like 90 miles an hour. And it is an energy that you would think after 27 years incarceration that uh, you'd think, gosh, I could be bitter. I could be angry. I could be anything. And you I was impressed. Tell us about the you went out and actually changed the rule for people who are incarcerated to get re- reimbursed for their incarceration, and you didn't get compensated for it. That's tell me about that story. That's a pretty cool story. Exactly. Uh, when my conviction was overturned and and I got out of prison, I wasn't in Michigan. They don't have compensation laws, and so I we became don't either. <laughs> I became part of a, a group of people that tried to, to to implement a change in the law where people that who got exonerated were able to get compensation from the state of Michigan, and we were successful in that. Got a bill written and passed, and now you get like fifty five thousand dollars a year for being exonerated once you got out. You would have been a rich man if it had been. Hey, I had over two million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, you go to work for what friends committee? Exactly. You <laughs> go to work with the Quakers right away. That's just fantastic. I love that. Absolutely. But you did run uh, ran into a friend of ours, Glenn Martin, and yes. you got associated with Just Leadership USA, and, yes. and everybody's better for it. Now, that's fantastic. Talk a little bit more about Just Leadership USA and what they've accomplished and what they're working on now. Just, as I said earlier, Just Leadership is a national advocacy organization committed to cutting the national <clears throat> prison population. And we have advocacy pa- campaigns going on around the country to close jails. Our, our, our flagship campaign, the first one we launched was Close Rikers, out Rikers mm-hmm. Island, New York City. And two years ago, the only people talking about closing Rikers were the people in it. Now it is the stated policy of the city of New York. Mm-hmm. And as a follow-up to Close Rikers, we launched Free New York Campaign, which is now mm-hmm. pushing for bail reform, all the reform around criminal justice that will help keep Rikers Island closed and change hearts and minds of the people in the community. And we're doing this across the country and other communities. We have Close the Jail um, campaigns going. We have a Working Futures campaign that's around uh, expungement of your crime and, and helping get rid of some of the collateral consequences of being incarcerated to help you get housing and, and employment and voting rights. And it's kind of a, a plethora. We do policy work in D.C. Mm-hmm. to talk with the legislators around changing laws and policy. We give them language to use for their constituents as well. I think it's real powerful, too, in terms of he was here with a small group of us who uh, we've kind of identified as people who are going to step forward and kind of help us because if you heard what he said, I want him to say, I almost say it again. They took the state of New York and they're totally revamping the parole system there, yes. which was what so many of the people on Rikers Island were just waiting there for trial. They're looking totally at the system of the state of New York. And if you know here in Idaho and you're listening to my voice, you understand that we now are one in 33 adults are on probation or parole, and we moved up to number two on that list per capita of the state. And they're talking about our good friend, Director Atencio, who's a friend of mine, I think is I would consider a friend, is proposing a half a billion dollar prison to expand in the session, the next session. So this is the time to follow the model of New York, guys. Again, at the end of the show, we're going to let you know how to reach out to us and get involved. But the kind of energy that Ronald has and some of the people working with us have, we need your help. And this is the time to step up and... There are a lot of people following us out of incarceration who need that voice. Would you agree with that? Or? 
I absolutely agree with that. And Just Leadership, as a national organization, we are honored and happy to partner with Systemic Change of Idaho and the work that you guys are doing because we believe that systemic change in Idaho is systemic change for America. That's right. You know, they don't, I go back through these groups, man, and I'm the only one from Idaho, and they give me grief for it, kind of just being the only guy from Idaho. <laughs> but uh, it has been a very powerful thing for me, and what we're trying to do is to take some of those lessons, if you will, some of those resources, if you will, and transfer those to the work that we do here. And it has opened up connections for me to make our work a lot easier. So I do thank you for that. That has been uh, very, very special. It was definitely our honor to have you. And just for your listeners, you know, our motto at Just Leadership is those closest to the problem are closest to the solutions, but furthest away from resources and power. And at Just Leadership, we seek to bring the people that's been directly impacted closer to resources and power so that they can make those changes in the communities in their, and within their living circle around corrections in the community. We can change the dialogue on corrections and punishment in the United States. We really can. I think we were... Uh, we're taping this on Friday because it's a big event for St. Vincent and Paul for this weekend. But this morning we were out at uh, Sikki. We were out at South Idaho Correctional Institution for a resource fair. And Ronald got to see the faces of men and women who are about to get released. And he got to see the enthusiasm. He got to inspire people to get involved with the system. And I think that it, we're very hopeful for what comes in the future. And that's uh, I will give credit. When I w- got out seven years ago, there was nothing like a resource fair around. Right. There were not the leaders who were there. The director wasn't there, but his top officials were there, and people were there. Uh, there must have been 35 organizations that mm. were there to yes. help people as they're about to get out. Those kinds of energy, that energy and those kinds of support for us was not there. And so you got firsthand to see uh, and to help me kind of uh, – put uh, the bug in the ear of people to change. And yeah, I, I thank you for that. You were really good. Thanks for having me. Thanks, man. It was a great, it was a great experience and a great opportunity. Around the sunshine. It was really nice. It's uh, one of the first times I've been at Siki that was nice and people were flowing through not knowing what to think of us. So it was really kind of <laughs> Who are these strange dudes there? Yeah, exactly. Coming from coming from the weather in Michigan, this was great. Hey, it's vacation for I me. i got to tell you, Idahoans, I made him promise that he wouldn't go tell people how nice it is here because there's too many people in Idaho as it is, <laughs> and I made him promise that he can't share with that. So that's where we were this morning. Um, tell us a little bit about um, other th- how returning citizens have been working in other states. I know... We could talk about um, Milwaukee, and you know what we could talk about, too, which is powerful, what they did in St. Louis, mm-hmm. where they, where Janos led the campaign to uh, overturn the uh, prosecuting attorney there. That's a, Those are also efforts that uh, Just Leadership USA is involved with. Talk about a little bit about that, too. Absolutely. Uh, I'd I first like to kind of speak on Philadelphia, because they just yeah, elected yes, a sir. real, real progressive uh, uh, prosecutor there, uh, Mr. Kravis his name? I think so. K- Krasner, Krasner, Larry Krasner. And, and, and Just Leadership was instrumental in having people on the ground doing, you know, going door to door talking about this, just getting people registered to vote. One of our biggest uh, efforts around the country is getting formerly incarcerated people registered to vote once they get out because in some places they, they have their voting rights restored, but they don't know it when they get out and they're told, well, you can't vote. We want to make sure that the people getting out are aware that they can vote. Everybody should vote. Uh, President, I think it was Franklin Roosevelt, once said that politics should be the part-time profession of every citizen. And we believe that every person that's been incarcerated should get out and vote and become involved in the process. And so we, and all the uh, our venues around the country, we stress in St. Louis, in Milwaukee, in Philadelphia, California, everywhere we got a campaign going, we stress voting rights. Right. And we've got a, and we've got a new leader now with um, 
uh, Just Leadership USA. You want to talk yes. about a little bit about Deanna? Yes, Deanna Hoskins is, is an amazing person. She's one of our graduates from the 2016 She was cohort. in your class, right? No, she was in the class after me. Oh, okay. I was in 2015. Mm-hmm. And she come from the Justice Department. She was the senior policy advisor for reentry at the DOJ in, uh, in Washington, D.C. She left a beautiful job and came to lead Just Leadership USA. She's doing a great job. She's hit the ground running. She's insightful. She's thoughtful. And she's analytical. So we are under great leadership at this yeah, time. You know, I think, too, to, uh, if you can imagine the way she described it and put yourself in her situation here, she had this great government job. Yes. And she's set for life. And you've worked all your life to yes. overcome. She was incarcerated. To overcome all these things. Yes. To get this super great government job. You're in charge of the second chance grants. You're in charge of everything. And suddenly, Just Leadership USA calls her and says, oh, we kind of need you here. Yeah. And, you know, and uh, not only that, you have to move from Washington, D.C. You have to live in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not as cheap to live in New York City. At all. Uh, you know? It's challenging. <laughs> and it's not easy to get around in New York City. No, it's not. And so she's got to move there. And so she but she did it. And so that's pretty cool. Uh, she's going to, I think she's going to be uh, absolutely a fantastic leader for us. And we're looking forward to a, a future that we hope includes uh, support with us here in Idaho, too. So. Oh, yeah. She's definitely uh, adamant about that. She, yeah. she insisted that I come out here. To, yeah, she's a, yes. yeah, she's a sweetie. That's cool. Uh, in terms of finding people to get involved in your program, like today, we were signing people up. Yes. People, if you're out there in the desert and you want to be a part of Just Leadership USA, find one of those new offender resource guides. There's an application in there. Sign that and fill it out. How do we find the people that we need to, to make this change, Ron? Well, it's actually, it's, it's interesting because the people seem to find us. We just kind of put the message out there that, you know, those closest to the problem are closer to the solution. That resonates with people that's been impacted by the, by the system. I used to always tease Glenn because he came up with that catchphrase. I said, if I get any closer to the problem, it's going to kill me. Yeah, you know, that's, that's true, been 27 that's years in prison. Mm-hmm. So I, don't, I, I can't do that again. Mm-hmm. So it's like the people in the community and the people that hear about our program through word of mouth and our leaders such as yourself – you spread the word out there, and you, you're like ambassadors for us. It's like we don't have to do a whole lot of heavy lifting because people like you doing this great work, it, it, it shines a light on the work that we're doing, and they come to us. You know, I think also I had a, an insight, too. It was like as you told me last night when we were driving on the car. You were saying who are your coalition partners. I was thinking, well, I only got one or two. And, but, you know, as I left the – uh, institution today, I don't have just one or two. I got no, dozens of dozens. them. I have dozens of them. So, yeah. I mean, I think it's a perspective thing in terms of how we look at this and that you're always attempting in everything you do to educate somebody about what we do in our life. Absolutely. Um, you spoke the other night about um, your elevator speech, which is something I love. And it's like, how do you sell yourself in an elevator kind of thing? But it's not so much sell yourself as a job. It's sell yourself as this advocate for prison reform and reentry. Yes. Talk, talk a little bit about that. Yes, that I mean, you have to have a passion for this. You can't be bashful. A lot of people are afraid to talk about their involvement with the justice yep, system. Yep, yep. But in order to change hearts and minds, you have to brace, embrace that mantle and share your story. Your story is what gets people's hearts and minds changed. Your story is what changes the community's attitude about incarcerated people. It changes the attitude of the people that passes laws about uh, incarceration and criminal justice in America. So you have to have this passion to talk about, you know, with, with, without any guilt 
about what you, you know what you've gone mm-hmm. through and how it changed you and how you want to see the community become better because of it. It's so it's so refreshing to have you here too because it feels like especially on Thursday night, these guys that I, we were talking to, they've been listening to me for two years. And so they're tired of listening to me. And so it's great to have somebody else come along and say, almost say, echo the same things I've been saying. And it was so reinforcing to think, you know, I said, guys, come on, step it up. You can do this too. It's yeah. like, it is not that hard just right. to step up and say what you believe and go forward. You know, you, you talked about coalitions a minute ago. And I, and for, for the listeners that are involved in other organizations or maybe even heading up, uh, heading up other organizations, Make it a practice to come together and with other organizations and share your information, share your knowledge, share your resources, because we're so used to working in silos that sometimes we diminish our power when we don't come together collectively as people doing this work. That's right. I also think, too, it's too often a frustration of mine has been since I've gotten out is that we have all these Silos, which is I like to call them too. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, this person does this, this does this, and don't you dare tread on what I do in exactly. my silo here because this is what I do. Exactly, and it just cannot be that way in this no. work. And we have to share. And I mean, so you and I are talking on a Christian radio station, so it's important that you take this voice and go forward and share it with everybody because it will come back to you tenfold as you Absolutely. go forward. As you go forward. Tell the, uh, I always keep telling you to ask, tell stories when we're together, but the great story, too, that you did in terms of, that echoes this, is the plane ride where you're taking off next to Rikers, <laughs> Rikers Island. Tell that story about the ladies, because I do this kind of stuff, too. If they'll talk to me on a plane, I talk to them, and you tell them that story about the ladies. Absolutely. Two weeks ago, I was in New York City getting ready to fly back home to Detroit, and there was a weather delay, so we were sitting on a tarmac for like an hour and a half waiting for the plane to take off, and it's raining and storming, and right across the river from the, from the runway is Rikers Island. And I pointed and I pointed to it. I said, hey, this is Rikers Island. And it's, it's funny because right now they're probably eating better than we are because they brought us a cup of water and a cookie to eat. <laughs> yes, and there were two two white ladies sitting next to me, and they, they heard they heard my, my comment. And said, all those people in prison deserve to be in prison, and, and they, shouldn't, they shouldn't get out. And they had the attitude that most people seem to have in America about incarcerated people. So I shared with them. I talked with them about my story. I told them about my work. I'm trying to shut down Rikers Island. And within 20 minutes or so, they were my Facebook friends. They wanted to know. They were going to Detroit. They know who. They wanted to know who to contact because they wanted to help advocate for better conditions and for people yeah. coming out. Yeah. It just changed their whole heart and mindset in 20 minutes. Yeah. You know, I, I will. I, like I said, it's so refreshing to have you in town because you echo kind of some of the stuff I do. It's. I will tell you a story. I don't. I haven't told you this story either. It's like. I forget. Oh, I was going to Kansas City for something to see my mom. And um, for some reason, the air, there was a rainstorm over Minneapolis mm-hmm. that shut down the airport for like three hours. And the plane I was on, I've never been in this situation. It didn't have enough fuel. So oh. we had to go to Omaha to land to refuel so that we could land in Minneapolis. Right. And so I started talking to this lady. And we start, I mean, I talked to everybody on planes. And this lady ended up come to find out she took my name took my card and she called me she's now one of our volunteers going out and picking people up at the prison she took we went out last week and she's retired a nurse from St. Al's here no locally kidding. and I just love it and she really got that you know that point where she says this is cool I've been looking for something to do with my life and light cetera, bulb moment light yes. bulb moment and yes. she loves it and so she's going to be one of our volunteers again if that's the kind of thing that strikes at your heart as you're talking to me at the end of the show I'll let you know how to reach me but that's the kind of stuff that happens and that only happens if we go forward and share our stories right. so you're driving around listening to me and you've been incarcerated or if you this is you're passionate about this this is something to talk about this is something to share because people 
pick up on your passion and they live for it. They go forward and they yes. try to change their lives too. That's Indeed. what this is. What happens? It's all fun and good. Uh, I can't let you go without talking about your pace, because I will tell you that uh, I followed social media stuff and I looked at him earlier this week and it was Monday afternoon and I thought. He was flying to New York, and I'm thinking, hey, you know, God, do you know that that's this week where you've got to be with me on Thursday? So you, the pace you keep is just unbelievable. And you work for a company in New York, yes. yet you live in Detroit. Yes. So you are on the go all the time. All Talk the about time. that a little bit. Well, for my motivation is, and I, I, people ask me that question often. I said, well, after sitting on a prison bunk for 27 years, oh, I guess that's true. It, it's easy to get, I mean, flying is, is no problem. That's right. The, the hassles of that. flying in airports and my, my schedule is no problem because having no schedule on a prison bed for 27 years yeah. will motivate you once you get the opportunity to get out I and do something. I never thought about that perspective. Sitting on a prison bed watching storage wars over and over and over again thinking, oh, man, I've seen this one. Exactly. <laughs> and how it's made. Uh, Oh, that's fantastic. Well, listen, I thank you so much for coming and thank you spending for some time me. with us. Uh, again, if this Just Leadership USA, we've been talking about it for a while because, I mean, I've been talking about the association and wanting you to get involved with this from the standpoint of being an Idahoan doing that. And he's here. And if you need some more information, get in touch with me if you don't want to get in touch with him. I thank you so much for coming today. Thanks for having me, Mark. No problem. As you can tell, uh, Ronald is a very special man, and it was great having him here this weekend. Uh, we hopefully, we've made some strong impact, and we're building more leaders for the future. If you anything that we talked about today you need information on, uh, I'm easy to reach. You can reach out to us at www.systemicchangeofid.com. Email systemicchangeofidaho at gmail.com. We're on Facebook at Systemic Change of ID. We're on Instagram at Systemic Change of ID. You can even call us on the telephone at area code 208-477-1006. We look forward to talking to you next Saturday afternoon on Victory Over Sin.